Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, my patrons, it's time for the podcaster coming to you from a blanket fort, uh, so I could create a safe place uh, w- for you within your blankets or on top of them, depending on the time of year. It's time for sleep with me, patrons, a podcast you make possible. Hey everybody, this is uh, Drew. This episode was recorded a little while ago, so I just wanted to let you know this podcast is here so you can feel less alone day or night. We're going to keep coming out Sunday and Wednesday nights as usual, but if you need more help, you know, reach out for help. I have a list of resources in the show notes if you're looking for more help at, uh, in this current time, because uh, I'm here to try to support you with that. Thanks. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings physical sensations, changes in time or temperature, uh, see, you know, so whatever's keeping you awake, it, you know, I mean, normally for, for we can be generalized uh, to, uh, you know, things on your mind you're thinking about. That's usually number one for me, past, present, and future, spanning decades and, uh, and events that have never occurred may never. Okay, so thoughts, uh, feelings, like uh, emotions uh, coming up. Uh, physical sensations, and then uh, situational stuff, you know, moving, travel, anticipatory stuff. But whatever it is, it, could, it might not be any of those. Uh, if I missed it, let me know. Uh, but what we all share, uh, in some sense, is uh, the familiarity with the deep, dark night, the tossing and the turning and all, all that kind of stuff, uh, with the tossing and the turning. So... What I'm going to do is I have a nice, a safe place set aside. I'm going to smooth it. I'm going to pat it. I'm going to rub it down. I'm going to say safe place. Uh, ideally, I'm going to make you feel welcome and comfortable uh, by sending my voice across the deep, dark night using lulling, soothing, creaky, creaky dulcet tones. Uh, creak, creaky dulcets is a, a bit like a... It's like your favorite door. I think that's the thing when you see, you say, well, that's an older door that I like uh, that makes a creaky sound that feels that's a good, like, uh, it comes from grandmother's bakery. Uh, Squeaky also tones, pointless meanders. That's uh, like uh, half, half, uh, a uh, half, half reared metaphors. Uh, that I have never called it that before, but it's been written in one star reviews. Uh, from Metaphorist Magazine, the magazine, I don't know what it was for, like, uh, I said, wait a second, is this a magazine, or, and they, that I sent in a letter to the editor, and I got that one back, uh, Return to Sender, is it, is there a song, Return to Sender, probably is, uh, maybe it was, a, I think it was, this is a stretch, but it might have been on a long time ago. There was an episode of Simpsons where they had, what is that called? When four people are in a band together, not doo-wop. Oh, almost like barbershop, uh, bar- barbershop quartet. I think they had a song, whatever. I don't know even who was in it. Uh, I've gone off the rails pretty quickly, but I think they had, may have had a song Return to Sender. If they didn't, I'm sure someone else did. Because I don't know who 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 gives gives out the mail in the Simpsons. I, I haven't wa- I, I haven't watched it. Uh, and also, my you know. Anyway, if, uh, what I'm going to do is, uh, if you're new, welcome. Sorry about that. That that was a pointless meander. And I guess my brain was trying to think of metaphor. Oh, trying to think of the metaphor jokes about the Metaphorist magazine magazine for metaphorists. Uh, metaphor Weekly. That one, I, I, uh, Metaphor Daily, they stopped publishing it. They went from Metaphor Weekly to Metaphor Monthly. Uh, or wait, yeah. I think I missed one stage in there. And now they're just available online behind a paywall. Only, I'm just kidding. Uh, what am I even, t- okay, so if you're new, sorry about that. I, like, uh, I'm glad you're here. If you're new, I, I, like, I, I want to take some time to point a few things out and, and uh, give you a little bit of uh, some placemaking. As you may have already observed, the show kind of goes is a little bit different. Goes off topic. It uh, 
has trouble, like it's unfocused in a way. It's focused in an unfocused way. But here's a couple of things to expect. Structurally, what to expect if you're new is uh, the show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we make it free for everybody. Uh, then, so it's not super important if you're new. Then there's an intro. The intros are around 12 to 15 minutes. It's kind of like an introduction, a forward and like when when you have a, a, a book and it starts off, it has an introduction and a forward. Ours are about that. Like you say, okay, that's like a, I just want to get to the book. You say, well, for 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 the new people or people new uh, to to to, to the, the, this volume of metaphors weekly, uh, this com- a compendium of metaphors, the metaphorist. Yeah, that was what it was called. Oh, that was a oh, that was a different one. That was a different place. I you know I submit stories sometimes. That was to metaphorist m e t a f o o. However you spell forest with the woods uh, with the trees, not uh, the p h o r f o r e s t. There might be two s's or two r's in forest, or maybe two t's. I have no idea. It may, may have been why that letter got returned. Uh, I think that was a magazine about magazines about forests. Which is also interesting because it was printed on paper. So it's like you want to talk about meta. You can't, you can't get any more meta than meta, Metaphorist magazine. You know, right down to its what it's printed on. I think that they, that's uh, all the news that's fit to print on, things that are fit to print on, about things that are fit to print on. I, I don't know. I guess I'm not, I don't have quite the intellectual capacity to complete these jokes. I just have a chance to set them up for you, dear listener. Oh, if you're new, I have a tendency to go off the rails, especially during the intro. That's why it's like about 12 to 14 minutes. It's me kind of setting up and setting the mood for bedtime. And this is like, it can be a negative term, but in this case, like my incompetence. Uh, I'm I'm very confident and incompetent in my incompetence. So this is a positive incompetence. Uh, because if I contemplatively or if I was good at getting to the point and completing words, I don't know if this podcast would be as effective. So the intro is kind of me proving that uh, each time, but it just gives you a little bit of a familiar place. Uh, for regular listeners, you would think most of them would skip the intro, but only a, a small percentage of people who want to get to the story, they skip ahead to about 20 minutes and they just start listening to the story part. Or tonight we'll be talking about uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, but the idea of the intro is it's part of your wind-down routine because I truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep, and I'm here to help uh, ease you into bedtime, ease the day away, give you some distance, give you a place to breathe and get comfortable and get cozy. And so the intro is kind of that. Like Some people start listening as they're getting ready for bed, and some people wind down in bed. You could kind of figure it out as you, uh, you, could figure it out as you go if you're new. Uh, but that's the, okay. So that's the intro. Then there's some business between the intro and the show, the story. That's just how podcast advertising works. And then there's the story. Tonight we'll be talking about an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation in a very oblique way, where you might not even know it was Star Trek: The Next Generation. So if you're a Star Trek: The Next Generation super fan, those are the only people that that it kind of sometimes the episodes don't work as good for. But believe me, you can kind of kick back. I'll be talking about uh, it won't be any action. It'll be mostly uh, summaries and then saying, huh, I wonder what, uh, you know, how this is a question that's never come up, but it's uh, how are the communicators? Are they uh, and uh, like, how are they uh, held on the shirt? I, I've never, you know, in reality, as a part of the um what do they call that wardrobe? And then in space, uh, do they still use pins or do they use, is it magnets or is it something else? You know, is it like some sort of reverse gravity, you know, gravity, some sort of gravity base to say, you say, well, no, no, that would go down. Scoots. Uh, I'd say, well, what if it's a miniature gravity generator? Has anybody invented that yet? Uh, I think Marvel, that's one of the things that the, the, uh, the non-heroes always come up with is some sort of gravity-based, you know, gravity generator. Or if they haven't, uh, there's an idea. So anyway, if you're new, but it's a structure show. Then there's some thank yous at the end. A couple other pieces. Don't take it seriously. If you're new and you're skeptical, 
It's totally sensible. I mean, why wouldn't you be skeptical about a sleep podcast? And this is a lot different. It's, it's very strange in a positive way. Uh, so give the show a few tries. There's uh, also no need to try to listen to me. You could kind of passively li- listen. Let me like float by like clouds. You'd say clouds that are bit goofy. You'd say, okay, if there was if like if there was a clown college and they made clouds, uh, or uh, like there was clouds coming out like of a soapworks factory, you'd say, well, those are different than the clouds I normally see. I don't even know. I, I guess I, that that formed just like a cloud, that metaphor. But so, okay, so just to see how it goes, I guess uh, you don't need to pay attention. But here's the other thing about this podcast, which is strange for a sleep podcast. No pressure to fall asleep. I'm really here to keep you company as you drift off. That's why the podcasts are an hour. That's why I put a lot of work into it. Because if you can't sleep, uh, I'll be here till the very end. Or if you wake up in the middle of the night... And you need a friend, a comforting voice. I'm I'm here to help because uh, I've been there, tossing and turning. So, uh, yeah, no need to listen, no need to pay attention, or, or and no pressure to fall asleep. I'm here to help you uh, by distracting you or whatever's keeping you awake. And yeah, like I said, if you're new, give the show a few tries, see how it goes. See if you like. I'm definitely something you for, for a lot of people. You you have to develop a taste for. And usually, if if you're already in the dist taste, if you're in the sh- what is this? You know that's kind of a good sign. If you're like skeptical, a podcast to put me to sleep. That's eh? what Doreen said at the water cooler. Oh, hun, did, did I tell you we got a new we got a water cooler at work? Oh, what's that? Well, it's the first. Unfortunately, it's the first uh, one where you have to it uses you know air pay or whatever. So it's water. It's cold. And it's a gathering spot, just like the watering holds, uh, no watering holes. Well, it is kind of like a watering hold because none of us want to pay for water. Uh, So, yeah, we just kind of stand around there and chit chat. And uh, Doreen was telling me about this uh, sleep podcast uh, where the guy and now I'm listening to it and he's he's kind of pointing it out. He was pointing it out, dear, that uh, it's a strange thing. I don't I was like, what do you what do you mean? He's going to talk about nothing and put me to sleep. And Doreen said, not quite. He's going to barely talk about anything. Different than talking about nothing, believe it or not. He barely talks about anything while talking about everything. And I think I think he once uh, created an imaginary gra- miniature gravitational thingamajig. And instead of using it for either to be, well, he did want to be a hero. He's a sleep hero. And something with his, you know, he managed to only make it so that he could uh, live within a paradox uh, where you can talk about nothing, everything, and barely anything all at once in a lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. But, yeah, it does take a few tries, Doreen said, because it is different. And Scoots, you know, he's a bit uh, he's a bit like an underdog in underoos. Uh, and he said, what's an underoo, hunt? Well, it's funny that one of the people at work that's uh, Scoots' age was telling us about how Scoots talked about him, and that reminded them. It used to be uh, themed, branded uh, undergarments uh, for kids, and maybe at some point adults. I'm sure it'll be making a comeback right away. Uh, if those market, you know, if those gurus wanted to sponsor a sleep podcast, that would be brilliant. Uh, I don't know which uh, I, I don't know which VC company can't get their act together to pull that off. Uh, but anyway, I guess I'm serious. I just was uh, thinking of that. Uh, how come how come Underoos haven't made a co- comeback? Huh? Can, can someone get uh, Chris Saka on the phone or somebody? Uh, I mean, for adults and kids uh, anyway. And could and I mean, I didn't even realize it. Uh, I mean, I talk about underoos all the time because I never had them as a kid. I, maybe I did have one pair, but they were like themed un, uh, undergarments, your shirt, and then uh, um, and you wore. I think I guess you wore them all. I, I want to. I always associated them with bedtime. Maybe you just wore them all the time. But anyway, it was, so if you're new. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. That's the main thing. I go off topic a lot. I make this show because, as I said, I, I, I would like to do you to get the sleep you need and deserve so you could be out there in the world flourishing and enjoying your life. And I'm glad you're here. Give If you're new, give the show a few tries. See how it goes. 
And uh, if it doesn't work for you, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you is there with other options. Uh, but like I said, I'm glad you're here, and I, I work very hard. I yearn and I strive, and I'd really like to help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a few ways we're able to bring, bring this podcast uh, free to everybody. All right, everybody, we're talking about uh, Season 4, Episode 21, The Drumhead. And again, I wanted to try try to keep up our uh, Klingon and that other species uh, uh, culture whose name I already forgot. Uh, I'm sure. Oh, oh, Romulans. Of course, Romulans. Uh, this episode starts off Captain's Log. They got a Klingon exobiologist on board. Scientific exchange program. Uh, but he's involved in some trouble, a little breach, uh, possible warp drive messing with it. And opens with uh, Riker, uh, Troy, you know, after the captain's log, Riker and Troy with the uh, uh, wharf uh, looking on, interviewing this uh, uh, this person. Uh, let's say, let's see. He said, it must be a mistake. They say, are you working with the Romulans? He has a very nice leather outfit on. He did have a question, like, do uh, Riker and Troy uh, do all of these type of interviews, these interviews uh, where people are, uh... and then I said, is this the courtroom they're doing the interview in? Uh, he keeps saying he didn't do it, 12B9, deck 36, he was on the computer. Uh, let's see what happens, uh, let's see, Jadon. Uh, schematic drawings. So he's like uh, sending info to the Romulans, they think, or messing with the ship or and or. Uh, too much. Uh, he said, I wasn't involved with the messing of the ship. Uh, he, do, I, I, he goes, you're just saying that because I'm Klingon. Worf says, what? Uh, Troy says, our chief of security is a Klingon, has nothing to do with it. He says, just send me home then. And Riker says, yeah, we already called home. Uh, Klingons, uh, you're, you're waiting for you as soon as we're done. Then he does a Jedi move where he says, I have nothing more to say here. And they see Worf bring him back to his room. Riker's got a serious look on his face. He says, what do you think? And Troy says, hard to tell. He's closed off, hiding something for sure. And uh, then they're on the elevator, the two Klingons. Uh, he says, you, swear if you, got, you don't even exist on uh, our home world. It's too bad. So sorry. Man without honor. And Orr says, like, when Scoot says men without ties don't dress for dinner. And they get off the elevator, walking down the hall. Uh, he says, hey, I got friends. I could clear it up back on our home world. I could talk to them. Restore your name, and you just gotta give me a shuttlecraft. He starts Worf uh, before. Uh, let's see, all passive aggressive. He goes, yeah, I can get you out of trouble without knowing about it. Then Worf does a bunch of action moves when they get in the ship. He goes, I don't know how you got this data off the ship uh, to the Romulans, but I'm gonna find out. And he goes, I'm gonna tell the Klingon High Council all about it. So you're gonna be in ho- trouble at home too, Mister. Uh, uh, know-it-all. Let's see. Worf and Dude on lifts. Uh, all passive-aggressive. Worf tries to ignore powerful friends, help me get away. Oh, yeah, Dude puts hand out and uh, at the door to stop Worf. Uh, once in the room, Worf schools him. Uh, then the episode opens. There's the opening. Captain's Log Supplemental. We see two ships. Something about Admiral Seti. So I guess I, I, I got to look that up. I'm, I'm recording on location. I mean, I'm not on the road right now. So I'm going to uh, look this up right now. So I'm going to pause it. Uh, then there's intros all around. Okay, so I'm just going to do the facts in here. Uh, so uh, let's see. I have here Nora Seti, S-A-T-I, Admiral Seti, Rear Admiral Seti. Uh, 24th century, daughter of renowned Starfleet judge, uh, civil liberties advocate, Aaron Satie. She's a renowned investigator. Uh, There's a lot of family stuff in here. Uh, She worked, what does a rear admiral mean? Uh, That's one I look up here. A rear admiral was a flag officer rank used by naval organizations between the grades of Commodore and Vice Admiral. 
Uh, this rank was used by the Federation Starfleet and Earth Starfleet. Uh, some systems use uh, two tiers of Rear Admiral rank, Rear Admiral upper half and lower half. Wouldn't it be left and right half if we're talking about the rear? But I'm not, I mean, maybe, I don't know. On Do uh, Romulans have a different shape of rear? Or port? is that starboard? I guess they shouldn't be doing material right now, but uh, uh, rear admirals such as James T. Kirk. Uh, so Kirk was a rear admiral. A lot of people say that about uh, William, Bill Shatner, too. Okay, so that's just a little bit about uh, rear admiral Satsy that I, in rear admirals. Uh, so the episode opens. Let's go through my notes here. And then we'll go through the tape. Uh, we do. It starts with intros all around, but they. So Admiral Satie's arrived. We'll go through the dialogue. They say, "Let's get right to work." Uh, she has a staff of two, and she wants to inspect the engineering room right away. She meets Data and Jordy. Forty-nine hang, a visual log. Forty-nine something. Oh, forty-nine maybe. I don't know. Visual log. Four days ago, it's oh three hundred hours. Somebody says, and uh, she says, "I think I'm gonna in, in, uh, need a full briefing." I put real, oh, really breathy. Maybe I said Earl Gray. Then she has a meeting with the uh, Picard. Earl Gray, uh, and for her, uh, she mistakes uh, when uh, he Klingon Romulan connection. Uh, she is withholding something, alliance versus business at hand. Uh, Worf shows up, she gives Worf a long look. Uh, let's see, Worf shows up, she gives Worf a long look. Uh, Worf uh, finds the optical reader, so he finds a way. He found the way that the other Klingon was getting the information off, uh, and they can pass it on to other people, kind of like... Uh, What's that, like a 23? Anyway, like he says, they could pass it on to somebody and they don't even know, like a microdot type thing back in the day. Uh, Oh, yeah, body top secret. Like you put a microdot, it looks like somebody's freckles. You'll freckle a microdot with microfiche uh, with secret information. I want you to contact Picard now. How question? Oh, Picard has a questioning look on his face at 3835. Uh, she turns fast. Extremely valuable, that officer in this. Okay, so let's see what ha- happened with, like, with the visuals. Uh, yeah, they say, okay, Captain's Log, uh, Admiral Satie's arriving. Uh, she arrives with uh, two, two, two assistants, one who doesn't really speak but does a lot of uh, transcription, I think. Uh, Sabin, Genistar from Beta Z, and then Nellan Torre from Deleb 2. And then Riker gets to meet everybody. He bows his head. Uh, they say, how about going to your quarters? That's a common question. And everybody's common answer is, nope, let's get right to work. So I guess that might be a test on Starfleet. Uh, and then it's just Riker's seat of the staff. Uh, so Picard and the Admiral walk off. When Riker walks out of the room, he looks back at whoever was working the uh, transporter. Uh, Commander LaForge, uh, Commander Data, or, I don't know, Data, radio, rad levels are dropping, isolation doors down. Uh, they, oh, they'll be able to get in in 49 hours. Uh, they look at the visual log, which now they say, yeah, check the nest cam. You know, we got it all on there. It, it was a squirrel, it, it, but this one, it's not. Uh, so four days ago, oh, 300 hours, uh, warp drive flames out. Uh, yeah, sensor log 44765.2, and uh, every, we don't, you know, it's inconclusive uh, if it was a squirrel or a Klingon. Any assessments? Data says a slow motion study suggests uh, articulation flame, frame problem, and that was the the uh, what the uh, those are some of the schematics uh, that that uh, guy had. And Data says, "Well, we got other uh, we got other evidence. We only we got some circum plenty of circumstantial stuff." Uh, 
Uh, we're building a circumstantial case. Her eyes are wide. And she says, Captain, I need a full briefing. That's when she says that before we go any further. By all means, Admiral. Uh, she looks back in on the thing. She says, I don't envy you two with your jobs. Uh, good luck. Uh, then we get a shot of the Enterprise. And uh, the, this is when we're, the tea's getting made. So it looks like she takes her cream or tea with milk or tea. Uh, I don't know if they're both having Earl Grey, uh, but hers is a paler one where Picard's just, you know, this regular uh, robust uh, color that's tough to tell. You know, it looks uh, it looks like a black tea, but, you know, we don't have any light behind it. Talking about, the you know, this alliance with the uh, Klingons and the Romulans, possible alliance we keep hearing about. And now Worf comes in. Worf says, yo, yo, yo. Uh, sorry, I didn't expect uh, the Admiral here. Uh, head of security, Worf. Uh, this is when Worf kind of says, yeah, here's how they did it. Microdot uh, Freckle. Uh, you know, optical reader. He, he had the you know optical reader part in there. And high-tech stuff. You know, they had it. You know, they used to have it in the uh, Cold War. But then it was only fiction, you know. He says, yeah, I'd be honored. She says, why don't you interview the dude? He says, I'll be honored. Uh, and then she that's when she turns fast, when Picard has that look. Uh, she says, he's going to be extremely valuable. Yeah, and we see the ship again. Worf's uh, grilling the uh, other um, uh, Klingon. You know, Trace us freckles, man. And I know something's up. I don't know what it is. Uh, everybody's watching. Dude says it doesn't prove anything. You don't have any real stuff. Uh, he goes, well, I found this in your room. Uh, was, you know, uh, a thing that puts data in uh, fake freckles. Uh, optical chip reader. Only one function. Uh, you know, reading of chips. Uh, this, In this case, in freckle form. And then the guy does a little bit of, uh, you know, you can't handle the truth type thing. And Romulans are strong. Humans aren't too much, you know, too much empathy, too much compassion. Worf doesn't like that. Uh, and the Admiral says, everybody chill here. And she goes, what did you do to the dilithium chamber, dude? And he goes, nothing. I'm, uh, you know, and she goes, coincidence? I don't think so. You were dealing in the plans. And he goes, I, ne- I didn't, uh, you know, he goes, I didn't do that. And he, she goes, you're lying. He goes, not now, not now. Maybe I was lying about that freckle stuff, but not lying about that. Uh, and she says, Worf, take him away. And then we have uh, Picard pulls his shirt down, stands, uh, walks over. Her beta said, uh, says, uh, he's telling the truth about the um, freckles. He goes, and I think about the, that he didn't do anything to the dilithium chamber, chamber, and then they say someone else might be involved, and then she says, dun dun dun, Winter Soldier time. Uh, there's someone else, and they do a slow zoom to Picard's face. Uh, let me see what else I got on here. Uh, my handwritten notes: Worf doing interview with Ambassador, her crew, uh, you know, freckle reader. Uh, case closed, Joe. That's what he says. Uh, you can't handle the truth. Like weak, they say. How did you do that? It had nothing to do with it. Why line now? Klingon has on command. Communi- oh, yeah, I noticed he had on a um, communicator. And they said, I, I don't know if everybody has one. It just, it just stuck out to me. Okay, post-conference, beta said, beta said, uh, says it's telling the truth. Uh, Zoom, someone else involved. The card look. Uh, then there's a commercial break. Uh, then more tea time with the Picard and the ambassador. This time from a pot. Uh, and uh, Picard, I think Picard takes one lump of uh, sugar in his tea. Double question mark. Uh, she has uh, some big, big glass uh, tea or tea set oh tea drop, teardrop earrings uh, she has some big glass teardrop earrings and uh, they were getting 
along well, talking father. Oh, so her and Picard get along well for a little while. They talk about her father, one of Picard's heroes. Uh, she says, all that I am, I owe to him. And he says, you must miss him. And she gets uh, honest. Uh, we were quite a team. Or we could be, oh, she gets honest. I think she says, oh, well, you know, I'll go to the dialogue here and the video. But uh, I think she says, I usually am a, like a lone wolf. But now I think we could be, have, be a good team. And Picard smiles. Okay, let's see what the video shows here. We see the Enterprise. We get a, a rear admiral view of that. They're in her room, so she's bringing the tea over. So it's an interesting thing. Picard prefers his tea straight, uh, right, straight in a glass. Uh, some people prefer pouring their tea. Picard's hands are crossed. Great, some nice plants in her room. Her tea set's interesting, too. It's like purple, green, and yellow, and red. Uh, so some nice colors. So I wonder if, like, how that, uh, how what's that thing called? The molecular constructor or whatever decides, uh, uh, to, you know, do that. Uh, oh, she says, yeah, my father doesn't told me to avoid partnerships. I said, well, sounds like a father. I've said the same thing. Yeah. Uh, no partnerships, period. Like she, he was talking about in business. So, and noticing now, though, I think her earrings are flat, and and then they're not exact. They're teardrop shaped, uh, but not three D. And then they have some etching on the inside. I can't tell if it's a uh, bouquet of flowers or. I thought it might have been something else. Uh, Picard really worked, like he says, he, he like works the compliments. He goes, oh, I bet you're the best debater in your family. Uh, you know, then there's an emotion, you know, where it said, Jesus, I miss my dad. Uh, you know, he was, uh, he was the best. Uh, and this is when she says, uh, and her, her eyes are new, like really great acting again. Uh, uh, and it, this is a tough role because this is a really, uh, I, I watched this episode a few times like a year or two ago and it was like a, a really ranging role. Uh, then we have Picard and, uh, 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 I'm afraid I forgot the name of the Betazoid gentleman, but, uh, they're kind of going over their notes, uh, talking, he says, geez, I don't mind telling you. I'm surprised that, you know, I heard your father was a man with no no name. And you were a, a singer of men without ties don't dress for dinner. And he was the one who helped the uh, Romulans. And Picard goes, it's nobody's business but my own, dude. And he goes, well, you know, I had to think, you know, I have to suspect everybody. But I don't suspect you anymore. So I told the Admiral that uh, you don't have to prove you're loyal. Worf goes, don't worry, man, I'm on this. Uh, I'm looking into it. He has a serious Worf look. And that guy goes, good, you, we're counting on you, Lieutenant. Uh, and Worf goes, yeah, I'm going to get right back to work. Don't worry. Serious look from the Betazoid, dude. Now we're back in court. Uh, and who's on the stand uh, being questioned? And this is an unofficial capacity, I believe. Uh, uh, but Dr. Crusher. She's kind of kicked back, relaxed, uh, and they said, Jesus, so you met with this dude. Uh, he was under your care. Uh, like, uh, he had a lot of questions about freckles. And uh, they go, yeah, it didn't seem like any big deal. Uh, he was a pleasant enough character, didn't have much to say. And they go, thank you. Uh, I think they do say, like, who else did you work with? Uh, and they go, bring in the next dude, uh, MedTech. Uh, uh, do, like a soon to be furrowed eyebrow, Tarsus. Uh, and he sits down. They say, What's your name and position? Uh, crewman first class, medical technician. I was right on my guess there. Regard says, Don't worry, this is totally informal, totally relaxed. You saw how chill Beverly was. And they say, do, If you want counsel, uh, he goes, No, I got nothing to hide. And then maybe he didn't know there was a beta set in there. Or Betazoid, uh, and they go, uh, Admiral says, geez, you were from Mars Colony, life on Mars. He, she goes, are you human? He goes, largely, uh, like, uh, he goes, I was also Vulcan. And he goes, these, these Vulcaneers are so fake. Uh, uh, and he goes, uh, 
He go, they go, well, what was up with you and the Klingon? You used to talk to him, huh? He goes, yeah, we, he was, I was treated, you know, I was helping him. Uh, he goes, yeah, of course we talked. Uh, they said, does everything say anything strange? And he goes, no, no. And they said, do you ever see him outside of sick bay? He goes, yeah, and 10 forward, but I didn't hang with him. Uh, he was with a group of people, but I wasn't involved. Everybody gets a weird look on their face there. And uh, he goes, you're excused. No more questions. Uh, you know, he's a kid. He looks very, uh, Picard scratches his temple. He says, Mr. Worf. Uh, and then the bait is what he says. Uh, he's lying. He's uh, hiding something. Picard goes, yeah, he's, it's, uh, he's a kid. And they say, well, it wasn't truthful. He's covering something up, uh, something. Uh, and he goes, I think this is it. This He goes, on the base on my hunch, this is the person we're looking for. And Picard goes, oh, boy. And then it fades out. I don't know if it went to a commercial. Yeah, but, yeah, the Betazoid and Worf, uh, oh, they look at a screen. That's what I was talking about earlier. I am strongly motivated in this matter. That's one thing Worf says. Uh, the Betazoid notes about his father. No one's no one's concerned. he got nothing to prove. Uh, I will uh, find a conspiracy if there's one on board. We're counting on you. Stairs after Worf. Uh, uh, Dr. Crusher. Then next up was Mr. Tarsus, a young first class med tech. Uh, informal in- inquiry 43587 something. Born on Mars, qual- qual- you know, that's what we, we said this all. Uh, no relationship. Uh, I think that was with the, 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 uh, the um, uh, what was that? Uh, the, uh, anyway, whatever. I'm forgetting so many things. Uh, he says, yeah, I, tre- yeah, I worked with him a few times, uh, see him out 10 forward with a group. Uh, uh, the group thing, that caught my attention. Uh, but they're too busy with other stuff. Uh, Ricard rubs his temple. I liked that. Uh, and yeah, then there's a commercial. Then we get in the ready room. Uh, oh, glass ship in his office. So I guess I'll come back and do these. It'll be easier if I look all this up later. Uh, back and forth. Picard uh, sighs and stands. Uh, we can't wait for uh, evidence. That's what this admiral's saying. Picard says no. So we'll run through the dialogue in a second here. Uh, she really guilts Picard. Uh, Jordy got some, finds something interesting. So he calls up, and then Jordy and Data explain that basically it was just a defect in the engine. Uh, she plays it very softly. Uh, just a defect in the hatch cover, yeah. And of course, it was she, she, at first she plays soft, uh, but then they don't buy it. No, no, it's probably not. Uh, uh, just a roll. There is no. There, they said there is no. Uh, I can't stand it. I know you planned it. I'm going to set it straight. This Watergate. There was no S A B A T O G E. They go. Well, this guy's got Confederates on board. Also, I wondered if this assistant types everything, and who whom are they? Worf uh, and I are a great team. That's what the Betazoid says. Uh, they will establish Sabian's innocence. You know, hey, that's mispronounced. Says a kid's innocence. Uh, uh, Picard answers. Picard something. Oh, Picard appears. The courtroom is packed uh, with onlookers, so Picard's not happy. Uh, she likes, you know, uh, uh, she likes to have uh, people there. And then she starts grilling Dr. Crusher. Guard has an aside. As Betazoid gets a call and leaves, uh, like, this is total courtroom drama 101. He gets a call and has to leave the uh, courtroom or something or whatever. He does the old fake piece of evidence. Riker objects. Uh, this isn't Dr. Crusher. At some point, they're interviewing the young guy. And, uh, the dude it goes deep, uh, and then he says, I refuse to answer. Cause it turns out he's a part Romulan, not Vulcan. And, uh, then there's like an, oh, snap before the commercial. Uh, let's see the run through here. Yeah. We got the enterprise Ricard in his office talking to the Admiral. Hey, sit down. Uh, get comfortable. I'll sit down too. She says, yeah, I got to tell you, oh, Picard says, I'm not, a." No action against Tarsus on gut instinct, Betazoid intuition. 
She goes, well, Sabin, oh, that's, uh, Sabin's the thing, the, uh, Gary goes, you can't use a Betazoid stealth. And they, they go, you got a Betazoid. And he goes, there's a difference between a counselor and an investigator. Come on. She's helping. She's using her skills for help. And they go, well, use her interrogations. Uh, Gary goes, yeah, I guess so. But he goes, I don't act just on instinct alone. Didn't you watch the episode where Jordy taught data about the differences? And he goes, you're asking uh, to kind of take Mr. Tarsus uh, based on, he goes, you know, I can't accuse him of something based on nothing. And she creates the old straw person argument. Oh, what if it was Troy? Uh, wouldn't you keep an eye on him? And he goes, I keep an eye on him. Uh, and he goes, maybe I should reevaluate my behavior. And she goes, let's keep our priorities straight. Uh, we're trying to uncover stuff on the ship. Uh, it's a red alert. You know, I don't know if we're living this episode in some sense. Uh, and uh, she goes, I want con- continuous surveillance on this kid. And that's when Picard gets up and starts space and goes to his fish tank. Uh, he said, if we had clear evidence, uh, and she goes, we will have clear evidence once we bust him. Uh, saving a war for on it. Uh, but she goes, we got to act now before, not later, when we have proof. And Greg goes, no, uh, he's the king of boundaries, man. He goes, I'm not going to treat somebody like they did something wrong unless they do. And she goes, well, you're just so generous, uh, snowflake. Uh, and he's not a snowflake, so he just glares. Uh, she goes, what if next time it's more serious? Uh, and she goes, can't you? And then that's when Jordy calls. They say, hey, get down here right away. We got some breakthrough in the case. Uh, and that's when Jordy and Data say, yeah, this is a blown hatch. Uh, defective hatch. Uh, or a hatch or frame. And we analyze this. 100% defective. Submicron. You know, just one of those ones. Uh, uh, you know, McKinley, they blame McKinley Station. Uh, they replace it with something. Oh, undetectable defect data does say. So not really blaming anybody. Just saying the facts where it happened. The Betazoid doesn't buy it. Uh, he says, I find an accident hard to believe. Uh, and Picard goes, when my staff says something, they mean it. Uh, and then uh, the Admiral, she says, just because there wasn't uh, something damaged doesn't mean there's not a conspiracy. Uh, so this is like the drumhead. This is a really, really deep episode. Yeah, and they say, what about, you know, who knows? And uh, Picard says, man, this is a lot of pressure on Jean-Luc here. And Worf says, we got to look into this. He is hiding something. And they say, okay, we'll look into it. Uh, and Picard goes, let's get this over with uh, as quick as possible. And then we see the Enterprise again. Doors open. That's when the court is packed with the onlookers. Picard's like, you got to be kidding me. This is my ship. Uh, and he goes, with spectators. And she goes, yeah, it's uh, open sunshine, you know, it, it goes, keep, keeps the rumors flowing. And she goes, you know, we got to, she's misusing this use of sunshine. Uh, she says, you know, keep us, keep, keep, keeping the light on everybody and everybody's eyes is better. And this poor young guy, he's up there. He's already uh, a little bit under stress. So Ricard looks up his info. Crewman Simon Tarsus, they go, okay, now you have us. I assigned you a counsel, William Riker, who nods. Uh, he goes, I don't need it. Uh, he goes, I didn't do anything wrong. And they go, Dr. Crusher, did he, this guy talk to uh, Jadon? And she goes, yeah, when he was working with him. And she goes out, they go outside of sick bay, and they go, maybe at 10 forward, there's, you know, people talk there. And, uh, they go, I don't, I don't understand, uh, it's like a social gathering. And she goes, why do you hesitate to give us those names? And Picard goes, she goes, can you tell us everyone who's there? And Picard goes, you know, if you have a case to make against Tarsus, make it now. Otherwise I'm putting a stop to this pony show. And then the Betazoid, uh, 
stands up, Sabin or whatever. He says, uh, he goes, do you, you, he goes, you ever, uh, work with freckles? Uh, he goes, because, uh, any dexoribose stuff, uh, and the kid gets really nervous. He goes, yeah, we all do. Uh, and he goes, are you sure you didn't, uh, he goes, don't you have access to the whole sick bay, everything, including dexoribose freckles? He goes, there's evidence uh, that uh, that was what was uh, messed up the engine, uh, something that was in sick bay. And the guy goes, I, I don't have anything to do with that. Uh, he goes, how can we believe you? Because meanwhile, the dude's lying. And he says, you're a liar. And Ricard, or Riker objects or for calling him a liar. Ricard agrees. Uh, he goes, you know, the guy goes, you know, I'm trying to work my case here. He goes, did you lie when you applied uh, to the Starfleet uh, on your application? Isn't it true your grandfather is a uh, Romulan? And then the guy gets really upset, and Picard tells, Riker says, don't say anything. Uh, and the, uh, they say, we're waiting. And he says, on advice of my counsel, I'm not going to say anything because it's going to incriminate me. And that's when it says, oh, snap, uh, and goes to commercial. And we get a series of shots of the Admiral and Picard sighing and then grimacing. And then that's when the ad goes, the break. And then we get the Enterprise flying by. And uh, we have a meeting with this, uh, Worf's crew. They go, we, I want to know everything where Tarsus has been. Meanwhile, Picard's walking in the room. Uh, and uh, they go, we want to know everybody, his friends, anybody he talked to back in the day, polygraphs. Uh, and Picard goes, Worf, I got to talk to you, man. And Worf goes, everyone's dismissed. Uh, get your reports to me as soon as possible. And they walk off. Picard sits down. And Worf uh, looks away, looks back at They make eye contact. And he goes, don't you see what's happening, Worf? Uh, and Worf goes, what do you mean? And he goes, this is, he goes, this is like a drum head. He goes, this is a thing. He goes, it's a, he goes, I got to use it. He goes, it's not a metaphor. So Scoots has got to create one. 500 years ago, people used to, uh, tap on a drum and, uh, it would get on people's nerves. Uh, and, uh, instead of, uh, working stuff out in a logical manner. Uh, based on the facts, they would just do that. And Worf goes, well, he was, he goes, uh, yeah, he admitted he t- lied on his application. And, uh, they go back and forth. Uh, uh, Kirk goes, yeah, he made a mistake. It's not, uh, you can't infer he did anything else. Uh, and actually we can't even infer that cause he didn't answer if he, he, he uh, and Picard goes, well, he wouldn't uh, tell the truth. Uh, and Picard goes, we're not sinking to that level. The seventh guarantee is one of the most important rights granted by the Federation. We cannot take a fundamental principle of the Constitution and turn it against somebody. And Worf's like, more on it. We got to seek out whoever's up to no good. And he goes, Picard goes, that's how it starts, man. From legitimate road. Uh, you know, the logic, in fact, to, to rampant, he goes, it's not short. He goes, uh, something's wrong, and I don't like what we've become. And he storms out of the room. Guard has to take a breath uh, and pucker his face. And let's see, then we see, uh, yeah, then we see Picard uh, uh, meeting with uh, Tarsus, uh, having tea out of a pot, uh, like a porcelain-style pot. Uh, and Picard goes, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, Mars Colony, eh? He goes, yep. Uh, you know, it was like, uh, he goes, I wanted to get to be in Starfleet, though. Since I was a kid, I really wanted to. He goes, I was going to go to the academy, but I trained as a med tech, served on outposts. And he goes, the day I got posted on the Enterprise is the happiest day of my life. Uh, and he goes, yeah, I didn't want to wait to become an officer. He goes, my parents wanted me to, and I thought about it. But uh, he goes, I used to sit under this big tree on the parade grounds. And Picard goes, oh, I know that tree uh, with the elm bench. He goes, yeah. 
It was my favorite place to study. Meat was my thinking spot. Tarsus says, uh, I used to watch the drills and imagine I was an officer. And he goes, I know it would have made my mom happy, but uh, Greg goes, you didn't do it. He goes, nah. He goes, I was 18 and eager, man. Wanted to be out in the stars. Uh, and I was spending four years on the ground in a classroom. It's a really romantic thing, uh, and it takes regard back, you know. He, uh, he's got H-E-A-R-T, and you can see why his eagerness, uh, and he goes, that's it, right? He goes, I'm losing my career, huh? He goes, no West Crusher, you know, no West Crusher move for me. And he, he goes, that was a big mistake, you know, not saying I was Romulan, but I wouldn't have gotten in if I didn't, probably. Yeah, Card has to take it deeper. Man, what acting this is. Holy moly. Then we're in the hall with the um, uh, uh, investigation with the Admiral saying, just Worf's going to check out Mars Colony, do a background check. Uh, and Picard interrupts them, rolls up behind them. He goes, I'd like to have a word with you uh, in private, off the record. And she's a little taken aback. Uh, and she goes, oh, well, you're my partner in this. Uh, and she sends uh, the assistant on the way. And she goes, I can't believe this. And Picard goes, yeah, I'm putting a stop to this. Too far. It's gone too far. You can't lie in court. Because uh, it only happens in the movies. And not, not on my ship. Uh, you're hounding an innocent man. And she goes, how'd you figure that out? And he goes, I talked to him. And she goes, well, I see. Uh, I'm sure he gave you a story about snowflakes. <laughs> I see, man, that's, that's like one of my, that's just one of my sore spots when people say that. Uh, and he goes, yeah, he goes, he made a mistake. Uh, it doesn't make him anti-Starfleet. And she goes, you're naive, Jean-Luc. She's the one pacing now, regards sitting there. And she goes, you know how I've been, you know what I've been doing the past four years? I've been going from planet to starbase to planet. Uh, no home, live on starships and shuttles. Saving the world. I haven't seen a family member in years. I got no friends. Just a purpose. Uh, uh, you know, when I was a little girl clutching a blanket, uh, you know, I was, uh, she goes, uh, this is an institution my father was a part of, and that was my cause, uh, to ex- just keep the, preserve this extraordinary union. Picard's looking on, like, in dismay, and she goes, I'm not enabling you to block this. She should have been in those first three Star Trek, I mean, those uh, extra Star Wars movies. Because uh, she could play, play a Sith Lord, a Lord S. Uh, and Picard goes, no, these hearings are stopping. I don't care what you say. He goes, I'll go to Starfleet Command. And she goes, I got news for you. Uh, I've been telling them everything. And uh, hearings are not stopping. We're expanding them. And he goes, what? Uh, and she goes, yeah, I'm going to get to the bottom of this, uh, even if it means investigating every single person on this ship, including you. And she goes, public hearings. Uh, Admiral Thomas Henry is going to be there from Starfleet. Uh, he's on his way. Because you got to be kidding me. And she goes, yeah, I don't report to you. I, I report to Starfleet Command. I don't need your permission for anything. And she spins and walks off. And Picard, t- as she gets the door, he goes, uh, he goes, what you're doing here is wrong, uh, unethical, immoral, and I'll fight it uh, every step of the way. She goes, do what you must, Captain. So will I. And Picard stares after her for quite a few minutes. Uh, then we see the ship again. Uh, we're at the bridge. Uh, warp engines are back online, ready to restart the engine. Picard's distracted. He can't even hear Data. Data goes, sir, can you hear me? He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, go ahead, Data. Walks back to his seat. Uh, Riker looks at him. He knows something's up. He goes, you all right, boss? He goes, yeah, well, I'm a little preoccupied, number one. Then the transcriptionist uh, says, uh, you've been uh, ordered to court tomorrow, uh, 0900. Uh, you're appearing before the committee. And Picard is stunned as he looks at his summons. They zoom and goes to commercial on a pause from him. Yeah, let me see my other notes. Uh, Drumhead trial. 
Worf meeting with his crew. Uh, dismiss. Picard sits with Worf. Uh, do you see what's happening? Uh, let's see. There's no, not a crime. Uh, Worf's intense. Oh, yes, uh, that is how it starts. Uh, Picard stands. I don't like what we're becoming. Uh, Picard and Tarsus and tea with lemon. I think there was might have been lemons there out of a teapot, white with, with black or navy mugs. Elm tree. I don't know what that is with a cucumber bench. Oh, no, that was the elm tree that they were talking about. Said a circular bench. Uh, a big Picard sigh at the end. Ambassador and the assistant uh, walking. Picard walks up behind them. She ignored Picard for a while. She did like a power move where she pretended she couldn't hear him. In private, off the record. Uh, in the office, uh, uh, she walks around the office with grace, touching things. Uh, my cause. She goes, doubt me and regret it. Uh, and then Picard stands, lays down the law. Her chin is up. Uh, hearings will be expanded. Admiral Thomas Henry. I'll, you know, Picard says everything I said, he said. Yeah, Picard spaced out on the bridge. Uh, Riker concerned, preoccupied. Picard gets served. He does what? Double question mark. Okay, so we'll run through that with my notes, and we'll run through the actual. Uh, do not confuse this proceeding. Uh, oh, Picard uses innuendo, I think. I liked that. We find out Picard has violated the Prime Directive nine times. Uh, she she uses some Riker language. She says, surprise, H E double hockey sticks out of me. Uh, looking into those reports, uh, she questions his uh, commitment to Starfleet, nods at the Betazoid. Yeah, uh, uh, it was great stuff. I beg your pardon. Let me refresh your memory. Uh, I don't think we need the pre- preamble. Romulan spy. Uh, something dirty. Yeah. Uh, Left Picard, Riker, Flair. I don't know. I'll look that up. My handwriting's uh, Worf interrupts. Uh, where, where your Betazoid, uh, Worf to, to the court, uh, Romulan collaborator. Your reward. Oh, then she talks about the whole time with the Borg that Picard spent. Uh, yeah, how much was it? Thirty-nine ships, eleven thousand peeps. Uh, she says, uh, "How do you sleep at night?" Uh, at six fifteen, I guess that's left in the episode because this was one of the few episodes I watched on uh, Netflix. I usually watch them on Prime for some reason. Oh, so that's why my timing's off. Seven thirty. There's a good Riker glare left in the episode. Then six fifteen left in the episode. I said, "This must be one of the Picard memes, not the one where he's." Uh, I don't know. You you could look at it uh, with the hand on his forehead. Not the one where he's uh, 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 upset. This one was more like, oh boy. Yeah, Picard drops some Papa Santi on her. She says, how dare. It's a really good court. I mean, Star Trek really has good court, courtroom scenes. Uh, I don't know what uh, Raymond Burr or Aaron Burr would say about it, but... Romulans, she goes off the rails, and the uh, Admiral Henry's like, uh, he gets a great look of like, what? Uh, and then he's like, so uh, uh, it's so absurd, he walks out. It's like, he, he, she should be meeting, he, they should have brought in Counselor Troy right away to say, hey, maybe you should talk to her. Uh, and I have nothing to say. Even her Betazoid is stunned. Uh, so he says, okay, it's time for a recess. And then Whispering Court, uh, oh, the Whispering Court empties. It's her alone. And then Picard is in the conference room staring at the window and Worf comes in. And the episode ends. But don't worry, we'll run through it in a deeper way here. Okay, so we have Captain Log, Supplemental, Admiral Thomas Henry's uh, worked closely with Santi in the past. Uh, and uh, this, uh, who's your full name? Jean-Luc Picard. Rank of position, Captain, uh, Federation Enterprise. Uh, three years have been on the ship since 4-1-1-24. And the Picard goes, I want to make a statement. Uh, and she says, if you have a statement, you can make it later. And he goes, no. Uh, our chat, he goes, yeah, Cap, he quotes it. He goes, I have the right to make a statement before questioning begins by law. 
He goes, sorry, I have to drop science on you. He goes, I'm concerned about what's happening. He says it looking at the ground at first. Uh, slow build. Uh, started when we, you know, thought someone was up to something with freckles. And he got in trouble for it. Uh, but it couldn't end there, you know. Another guy lied on application. Another guy lied on his application. That was a trial. And he goes, that was a sham. Uh, insinuation. An innuendo. And he goes, there was anything so substantive about that uh, or proven. He puckers his lips. He goes, yeah, his grandfather was Romulan. Since when is that? Uh, not, and that's it. His career's cost him his career. And he goes, if we become so uh, fearful uh, and so uh, quick to point the finger uh, that just because one mistake, that's it. Uh, he goes, just because he's related to a Romulan or is a Romulan. And he goes, let's not condemn uh, Tarsus or anyone else uh, because of their bloodlines. Uh, or investigate others uh, for uh, innocent associations, having friends. I implore you, uh, don't continue with this proceeding, because he knows he's scatter outclassed. And he goes, end it now. Admiral Henry looks on like, oh boy. And she goes, well, what about the prime directive you broke nine times? Uh, General order number one, is it not? He goes, what's your point? Uh, uh, or she said, then she said, oh, well, you broke it nine times uh, since you took over the Enterprise. And she goes, yeah, this is, that's a hockey stick thing. Even worth surprised. Uh, and he goes, well, the circumstances. Uh, and she goes, yeah, we're looking into that. We're going to run some things uh, very closely looking into it. Uh, and then we'll have more questions for you about your commitment to, to Starfleet. And we see Sarsis's face. Then the Betazoid gets up. Uh, he goes, yeah, what happened? Oh, first he goes to slow build about the Borg stuff. Uh, and, uh, oh, no, they first they say, hey, didn't you help a Vulcan get to um, uh, Romulans? He goes, no, no, that was a trick. Uh, he goes, uh, it was in near the neutral zone. Uh, he goes, it wasn't, she wasn't Vulcan, though. She was Romulan, and he still gave her the Romulan. He gave her back to the Romulans. It was a Romulan spy. And uh, they go, why, when, when you knew that, didn't you uh, uh, take out the ship or something? Uh, and he goes, because uh, she was on the other ship. Uh, and everybody starts getting looks like a uh, crusher, Worf. Uh, Worf stands up. Uh, he says, you, he goes, we, we, you can't just enter into, he goes, Captain Picard did everything he, his best. Uh, and she goes, where were you? Aren't you in charge of security? And Worf, Worf is like, what? Uh, and then they say, oh, isn't your father with the Romulans, Worf? Uh, Ricard goes, oh, settle down, Worf. Uh, Papa Picard's got this. Don't worry. And they they talk about the Borg. And they, you know, play, play it. Oh, it must have been so hard, you know, that you did it. Uh, you know, how do you sleep? Uh, Picard looks down. That's when he puts his hand on his head that I think is one of the memes. She goes, I got to question your judgment, uh, your loyalty. And he rubs his forehead. Then he takes a breath. He goes, yeah, he goes, there are some words I've known since I was a schoolboy. Within the first link, the chain is formed. Uh, the first speech censored, the first thought forbidden, the first freedom denied. That chains us all a record, as he said it, you know. He goes, that was your papa, Judge Aaron Sati, or Santi. And she goes wide-eyed at that. He goes, the first time any person's freedom is uh, trodden on, or it, it hurts us all. It's pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, he goes, that's what's happening. She goes, what? She really goes, she goes, you are a Romulan consort, and you're using my father's name. Calls him a traitor. Uh, goes right off the rails. Uh, Picard looks up. Uh, she goes, you subvert the Federation. My father was great. Uh, he's in, his name's Integrity and Principle. And you shouldn't even be saying it. And uh, she says, he loves the Federation. You don't. Uh, and she goes, I'm exposing you for what you are. And that's when the dude stands up and leaves. Uh, uh, the other uh, 
Admiral. She goes, I'm taking you down. He doesn't even say anything or look at anybody. He just like walks out of the courtroom. Then everybody gets a shocked look on their face. Uh, she knows she's lost her case. Uh, ain't gone too far. She looks down. Uh, Riker, Riker, we got Riker look. Uh, she's kind of trembling. She's got, I got nothing more to say. And she slowly sits down. The mouth of the betazoid opens. Uh, he kind of looks like he just sucked out a lemon. He's, he calls recess. And Picard just says, Picard's, Picard's look is very unhappy uh, on his face. He didn't want to do it probably either. But yeah, he goes, I had to do what had to be done, I guess. Uh, everyone gets up and leaves. And uh, just the transcription, uh, oh no, and then the transcriptionist leaves and the courtroom is emptied. One Game Boy looking thing on the table. Yeah, then we see the Enterprise again. And Ricard's looking out the window of uh, the conference room. Worf comes in. Hey, bothering you, Captain? He goes, no, come on in, Worf. And he says, Mr. Worf. Uh, Worf walks up next to him. And uh, he says, she's, uh, it's over. Uh, Admiral Henry said those. Uh, he goes, no more hearings. And Ricard goes, that's good. Worf looks down. He goes, Admiral Satsy's gone. Yeah, yeah, that's good, too. Picard gets uh, closer to the window. He goes, geez, we think we've come so far uh, from the past uh, with all that, you know, not great human stuff. Uh, but then in a blink, blink of an eye, uh, it could, you know, could a, a cycle could restart. Worf looks down, shakes his head. And he goes, I bought into it, boss. Uh, I helped, uh, and he goes, I didn't see what it was. And he goes, well, she's a Sith Lordess. Uh, and he goes, not everybody twirls their mustache and is easy to spot. Uh, those who clothe themselves are, you know, well camouflaged. And of course, I think after yesterday, uh, maybe they won't, people won't buy in as quick. Uh, Ricardo goes, maybe. But it could be someone else. Uh, they're always w- with us. Just the right climate in which to flourish. Uh, spreading F E A R in the name of righteousness. Worf thinks hard about it. Uh, hands behind the back. He goes, vigilance, Mr. Worf. That is a price we continually pay. And the episode comes to a close. Uh, so, yeah, that was the episode, I guess, uh, I'll have to conclude the research another time. But that's a pretty good, I mean, really good, really good episode of uh, The Next Generation. And uh, good night.